Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. This is the third teaching in John chapter 20, over the last eight verses, 24 through 31. It's about doubting Thomas. If you haven't listened to the other two teachings, I'd like to encourage you to go and do that. Though you certainly don't have to before listening to this one. There really is so much that Jesus has for us to learn in this chapter. I do hope that I grow in my own heart to live them out more and more in my life. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help me to have more of a heart to live these things out. Help me to live them out, Lord Jesus. Thank you for these teachings, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, and welcome to another teaching. Today we'll be discussing the final teaching in John 20, where Jesus appears to Thomas. In the last two teachings, we, uh, we talked about Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene, which was John 20, verses 1 through 18. Then Jesus appears to his disciples, which is 19 to 23, and then the chapter ends with Jesus appearing to Thomas in verses 24 to 31. So by the end of this, we'll have, well, I've actually studied the entire chapter of John 20. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Man, it's been good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Well, Father, we do thank you for this time. We thank you for your mercy on our lives. We we thank you for the word of God. Lord, we thank you that you are alive and risen, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you appeared to Mary Magdalene. We thank you that you appeared to the disciples. We thank you that you appeared to Thomas. And Lord, we thank you that you are alive in risen, Lord, and even though we have not seen you as Mary saw you and as the disciples saw you and as Thomas saw you, Lord, you said there's a special blessing for us who have not seen you and yet have believed. And Father, we thank you for that blessing. We ask you to open our hearts to receive it now as we study your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
So as always, the first question we should ask ourselves when we come to the scripture is, why is this in the Bible? It's not just a fun story to read about, you know, doubting Thomas. Um, it's here to teach us. Romans 15, 4 says that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us or to instruct us. And 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and 11 say that, that all these things are written down as examples to us. So when we see what happened in the scripture, since Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8 says, we can be assured that how Jesus acted here because his perfect and his principles never change, is how he will respond to us when we come to him in the same ways. And similarly, when we, when we disobey the word of God, we can see you know, how the Lord will, will discipline us as well. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, as a side note, I was, I was doing a Bible study on uh, last Thursday, and uh, I had... I had cited that scripture in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And a young lady, um, I think her name was Peyton, uh, when I had asked, it was a, the, the house was full. I don't know if it was 30 people or what it was, but she had, uh, she had spoken up when I had asked, where is that scripture? She said, Hebrews 13, 8, and man, did that bless me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take time to study the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God and to memorize the Word of God. Memorizing the Word of God, there's really nothing more valuable than that, than committing the Word of God to memory. We have all kinds of things in our memories. I have all kinds of things in my mind, sports things that I'm interested in, different gaming things that I'm interested in, but there's nothing in my head that's more valuable than the Word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 24, now Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Why was Thomas not with the disciples? Surely, uh, like with the other ten, he would have been told that they were meeting. And we can see in here that Thomas is not with them because he's, he's frustrated. He's angry. He's bitter. And he's let down. He walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And now Jesus died. And all of his dreams were crushed. Uh, Jesus had told Thomas on several occasions. If you recall, it was Thomas in John 14. When Jesus is saying, I'm going to go prepare a place for you in heaven. And I'm going to go bring you with me. It's Thomas that speaks up and says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how are we supposed to know the way? And because Thomas speaks up and says that, Jesus responds with the famous verse in John 14, 6, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That incredible verse, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have that verse because it's Thomas that speaks up and says, Jesus, we, we don't understand what you're saying. You're telling us that, that we know the way where you're going, but we don't know where you're going. So how are we supposed to know the way? And because of that question, Jesus responds to Thomas with this very famous verse in John 14, 6. And, and that's just a side lesson for us that 
it's good to ask Jesus questions because if Thomas doesn't ask Jesus that question, we don't have that famous verse. John 14, 6, there's a good verse for you to start memorizing today. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very clear verse in the scriptures that says the only way to have a relationship with God as your Father, to have your sins forgiven, and to ultimately go to heaven when you die is through Jesus Christ. So if you have not received Jesus as your Savior, do so right now. Again, pause the tape and pray, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I ask you to save me from my sin. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life, and I ask you to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith and all my hope and all my trust in you alone to be my my everlasting Lord and God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus is our Lord and Jesus is our God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, in in verse 24, Thomas is not with them. If you recall, this is uh, the previous week when Jesus appeared to the disciples was was, uh, Easter Sunday evening. It was the first day he rose from the dead. He appeared to to the disciples. That was the first Bible study, the first church service, and Thomas didn't make it. And sometimes when, uh, when we don't show up to Bible study, we don't know what we missed. Thomas wasn't there, so he didn't get to see the Lord. And he wasn't there for reasons that he was angry. He was frustrated. He was, you know, he was irritated. And so he's not there. Verse 25, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. So 10 disciples tell him, we have seen the Lord. Peter tells Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Verse 25, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. So when the 10 men tell Thomas, we have seen the Lord, he said, I will not believe it. He's not going to be taken in again. Again, he feels bamboozled. He feels like he's been hoodwinked. He feels like he's been taken advantage of. He feels just, he's just angry. He's hurt. And we can understand that. He walked with Jesus three and a half years. He clearly didn't understand really what this whole thing was about at the deepest level. Um, He didn't understand that Jesus had to die for the sins of the world. The disciples were looking for a savior to be this conquering king like King David. They did not have in their mind a suffering servant. When Jesus comes back again, he will come as a conquering king. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But the first time he came, he came as a suffering servant. But they didn't have eyes to see that, although he had explained to them on several occasions that he would suffer and that he would be raised from the dead. So Thomas, again, he has this attitude. He appeared to you 10 guys. He can appear to me too. The reason it's 10 is remember Judas is not with them. So again, imagine that. 10 men saying, we have seen the Lord, and him saying stubbornly, I will not believe that. And man, I often have that spirit in me. Why am I so slow to believe the testimony of not only of other Christians at times, but of the word of God. 
These are his brothers that he's walked with for three and a half years, every day, basically living with them. Peter saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, I don't believe you. Matthew saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, I don't believe you. James saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, James, I don't believe you. John saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, John, I don't believe you. Bartholomew saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, I don't believe you, Bartholomew. Thaddeus saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, Thaddeus, I don't believe you either. James the Younger saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, James, I don't believe you either. Simon the Zealot saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, Simon, I don't believe you either. Who did I miss? That was eight, I thought, right? Um, there was 10 of those guys. Golly, I was hoping to remember all 10 of them. I'm sorry. Um, Andrew saying, Thomas, I have seen the Lord. Thomas saying, Andrew, I don't believe you either. Forgive me, Father. I believe I'm sure I've left one out. And all of them together saying this. I say all this to say how stubborn we can be in our unbelief. The word of God is here for us. The most important four words in this entire teaching today is the last four words of verse 26. Jesus says to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Father, help us this day to stop doubting and believe. Forgive me, Father for my doubting, and help me to believe the word of God. The truth is, uh, I'm not much better than Thomas. I'm so slow to believe things, even though there's testimony after testimony after testimony. Now remember, Thomas won't believe these 10 men. But if you recall, when Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, they didn't believe her either. Nobody believes anything. We're just the people that are slow to believe the testimony of the word of God. So, Father, we thank you that you're merciful to us. We thank you that your mercies are new every day. Father, we ask you to to take the blinders off our eyes and and help our unbelief, Lord. Even as uh, the man said to you with the sick boy, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord Jesus, help our unbelief. Help us to believe the word of God. So, yeah, so Thomas tells these guys, you know, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I'm not going to believe it. I, I need absolute dogmatic proof. And so he's, he's not only in unbelief, but he's stubborn in his unbelief. Verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And if you recall in the last teaching... The disciples are fearful of the Jews, and so Jesus explains to them, peace be with you. And again, he's saying to the same things to us today. 
where the doors are locked up in our hearts, we're in fear or frustration or anger or bitterness, hear Jesus say to you today, peace be with you. Um, hear him say again your name and hear him say, peace be with you. Just close your eyes and, and just picture Jesus in your mind and in your heart and picture him say, you know, picture him saying, Tom, peace be with you. Christy, peace be with you. Nicholas, peace be with you. Christian, peace be with you. Grace, peace be with you. Listen and hear Jesus say to you today, peace be with you. Again, Jesus is able to bypass locked doors. And, and again, he can bypass the, the locks on our heart and the locks in our lives. We need to be free through Jesus. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come and stand again in the locked up places in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus was not with Thomas when he made this declaration that unless he saw the nail marks in his hands and, and put his hand into Jesus' side, he wouldn't believe. But somehow Jesus is aware that Thomas said it. Follow me here. When Thomas tells the disciples, the disciples say, we have seen the Lord. Thomas tells all 10 of them, we don't believe you. Jesus wasn't there. But yet when Jesus shows up in verse 27, he's aware of what Thomas said. And that's just a reminder to us, is even though we don't see Jesus in the natural, he's aware of everything that happens in our lives. He's aware of wherever we go and whomever we're with. Old church fathers used to say, if you're truly a Christian and you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, then nothing can happen to you outside the will of God. Anything we go through has to come through the permissible will of our God and Father. He's got your back. He always knows where you are and who you're with. But apparently he also knows what comes out of our mouths. So we want to be careful with our words. Uh, Jesus said, I believe it's Matthew 13, that every word we speak will be brought to account. So Jesus clearly challenges Thomas here, being aware of his words. And he's aware of our words. Remember in James 3, it talks about how we need to, to keep a tight rein on our tongue. Lord Jesus, help us today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Help us, to, help us to know and be comforted by the fact that you are always with us. Uh, even though we don't see you, you're aware of what's going on. But also, Father, help us walk in the fear of God that you, you know what we're saying even when we're not there. He said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Again, when you look at the hands of Jesus, remember that he was nailed to that cross for you. You nailed his left hand to the cross, I nailed his right hand to the cross. Remember that Jesus was nailed to the cross for you and for me and for the sins of the whole world. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Thomas demanded these things. And Jesus appears to him 
and shows himself to Thomas. Now Thomas says to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus is God. As we talked about, I believe it was last time, that uh, the scriptures reveal God as a trinity, although the word trinity is not in the scriptures. The scriptures reveal God as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is full-blown, all-knowing, all-powerful God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 29, again, the key to this whole section. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Notice that he tells Thomas, you believe because you've seen me now physically. But apparently there's a special blessing for those of us, which is pretty much the rest of the history of the world, who believe in Jesus and trust in Jesus and love for Jesus and love Jesus, even though we have not seen him physically. There's a blessing for those of us who believe in Jesus when we haven't seen him, that those who have seen him do not get to receive. Think about this. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Most of us, certainly myself, we would love to see Jesus. Jesus doesn't say you're blessed because you've seen me and believed. He simply says, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing that we have received, all of us who have not seen you physically, Lord, as these disciples have, as, as Thomas has. Lord, we thank you for your mercy on our lives. We thank you for that blessing today, Lord. Father, I ask you to forgive us. Forgive me, Lord, where I have, I have often not seen faith as a as a blessing, Lord. I would rather see you, Father. I'd rather see more tangible evidences of you wherever I go, Lord. Father, help me to understand. Help us to understand that there are blessings for those of us who believe by faith. And Lord, therefore, help us, Lord, to to walk in in greater measures of faith. We just thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. Those four words at the end of verse 27, stop doubting and believe. Most of us have heard from this section, Thomas has the unflattering name of of doubting Thomas. But really that could be said of almost all of us. Maybe there's there's some listening to this and and you just have incredible faith and you never doubt. And that that gift of God is yours. and, And thank you, Lord Jesus. God bless you. There are some people out there whose, whose faith has never wavered. They, they never have a moment of unbelief. They're always certain of the things of God. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, that's a wonderful gift. Continue to encourage others with it all the days of your life. But most of us, we could put our name, right? We could be doubting John and doubting Stephen and doubting Jose, doubting Jesse, doubting Josh. Because many of us have just had times where we've been hurt like Thomas, where we've been frustrated, where the Lord has not done things in a way that that we would have expected or we would have liked, and we get angry, we get frustrated, we get hurt, and we get bitter. And we could say these same kind of things and have, I know I have, that, uh, that Thomas has said. 
Jesus is saying to us today, stop doubting and believe. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 30, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. All these things that we see, all the, the miracles, all the signs, all the words, are not all that Jesus said and did. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples. Again, John tells us this because he wants us to understand that we have, that he and the disciples actually witnessed all these things that Jesus did and Jesus said. Verse 31, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He gives the purpose for him writing the book here. In John 20, 31 is the purpose for the book. The reason that he did write what he wrote, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Do you believe today that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? Now, if you're a Christian and you've received Jesus as your Savior and you've genuinely asked him into your heart, then you do have life in his name. But there's... There's the entrance point of salvation, right? Where we initially believe, we get saved, we get born again, we become spiritually alive. But then we spend our lives growing to increasingly more and more believe in Jesus and walk with Jesus. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. There is a fullness of belief. What I'm saying is that belief is not a one-time thing. Belief is an, an active thing. We grow in our belief in Jesus. Belief is not a passive thing. Belief is an active thing. The more time we spend studying the Word of God, talking about the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, the more we will believe in the Word of God, and that by believing, we'll have more life in the name of Jesus. In our Christian lives, we have different seasons. We have ups and downs. But make no mistake, the more that we believe in Jesus, the more active we are in studying the word of God and praying and worshiping and being thankful, the more we will have life in his name. The meaning of life is truly to have life in the name of Jesus. It's always through Jesus Christ. But these are written. This book is written. This Bible is written. Number one, first and foremost, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I want to have more life. There are, there, are, there are aspects throughout my day that regrettably are not characterized by what you'd call life. 
you know, when you're sad, when you're frustrated, when you're irritated, that's not life. That's more like death, right? But we want our lives to be increasingly characterized by just resurrection life, by everlasting life. Jesus said, I believe it's John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. It's one thing to be alive, but it's another thing to have fullness of life. And we have that by increasingly believing more and more in Jesus for everything. I've said before, for most of us, it's easier to believe in Jesus and to receive him as our savior for the forgiveness of our sins than it is to believe him for the everyday things in our life. But it's by believing him for the everyday things of our life, the every the everyday things in our relationships and in our finances and in our work and in our families. It's by believing in him for those things that we increasingly have life in his name. It's always in Jesus and in his name. We don't pray in our own names. We pray in Jesus's name. And so I'll end by explaining that. Why do we pray in Jesus' name? When we pray in Jesus' name, what we're saying is, Heavenly Father, I am not fit or by any means worthy to come to you in and of myself. And in myself, Father, you don't, I don't deserve to have you hear me, and certainly I don't deserve to have you answer me for anything. But in Jesus' name, through Jesus Christ and what he's done at the cross and on my behalf and in my place, and according to his righteousness and his merit, not mine, but according to what Jesus has done, I ask you to hear my prayer. So when you pray, you can pray to your heavenly father. You can pray to, to Jesus himself. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. But we always pray in Jesus' name so that we know that God, God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that we are proclaiming to them that that it's based on the finished work of the cross and the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord that we pray. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray based on the finished work of the cross, the righteousness and merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. We're saying, Father, we don't pray in our own strength. Jesus, we don't pray in our own merit. Holy Spirit, I'm not praying based on my own goodness. I'm praying in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy on our lives. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the 31 verses of John 20. Lord Jesus, help us this day to, to stop doubting and believe. Father, we ask you to give us eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear him, that we might proclaim this day, as Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Lord, help us to see you with eyes anew and afresh today, that we may have life in your name, Lord. Help us to have life in your name. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. We thank you for the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.